0: Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older.
1: You look around at all the other countries you're walking past and you're like, we're going to kick your ass.
2: What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel D'Amita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I'm sitting down with former MLS midfielder and Fox Sports analyst, Stu Holden.
1: How's Welcome it going? the Courtside Club. Yeah, I feel, you know, I'm ready to to fly the flag for soccer here on uh, your podcast. You know, all these basketball guys, and these big famous for- sports stars, and now we're going to like <laughs> get your whole audience in love with soccer by the end of this.
2: No, well, honestly, I was so excited to have you on because as you know, you've watched some of the Courtside Club episodes. Soccer is not my main sport. But we <laughs> but have that's World- okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why I needed you here to fill me in. World Cup is coming up. It's the perfect time mm-hmm. to have you on.
1: So like World Cup, I always equate is like our Super Bowl in in essence, in the U.S. at least because globally soccer is the number one sport. The The World Cup is the most attended, the highest watched. I, mean, I think over a billion people watched um, the last World Cup yeah. on television. And uh, in the United States, our audience was 18 million, which is good for, you know, for soccer and a growing sport. But we also know that this is the time that everybody pays attention and that. If it's a World Cup, you're gonna tune in and put the game on in the bar and you're gonna support the US if they're in it. And they're finally back in it, so it makes it a lot more exciting for us. So yeah, this is kind of a big couple of months here for us as we ramp up and uh, get ready for a World Cup in the Middle East.
2: It's in Qatar. Qatar, This year. And you've actually been there before. I've been there
1: twice. Um, so
2: fill us in like that that to me I wouldn't even know what to yeah I was gonna going say going could there, you pick yeah. it out on a map <laughs> no uh, <laughs> well like it's in like the middle east kind of area yeah right? It's, right
1: at, like, it's near Saudi Arabia and okay. then there's you know Dubai and you have uh, Qatar and Qatar is this really fascinating place it's this small country. There's the city of Doha, which will be hosting the World Cup. It'll be the first time that a World Cup is played all in one city. Okay. So think back to, I think it was eight, nine years ago, they got the bid for the World Cup. They beat out the US uh, and England in that bid. And they didn't have any stadiums. They have built them all from scratch. It's in a climate that during the summer, which traditionally so is when didn't... the World Cup is. They had nothing before. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you know, in Qatar in the summer, it's 120 degrees. You're yeah. in the Middle East. It's desert climate. So they moved the World Cup to the winter so it'll be a little bit cooler but they actually have all these stadiums that will be climate controlled and they have these giant fans that are massive and going to be blowing cold air so they had somebody recently they played a game a couple months ago in the summer a player was standing outside with a thermometer. He showed that the temperature <laughs> was 120. And then on the field, the temperature was 55 degrees. Oh, wow. So Wait, it was 55 like half.
2: Seemed, that yeah. seems cold, though, yeah, it's to a, play it's soccer. It's perfect. That's the best. You can is run, it? You okay, can run so around like, all day. yeah. Okay. And,
1: and honestly, this is a huge deal for that part of the, the world and the country because right. they've never hosted anything... Of this magnitude before, and it's a very small country. You're going to have all these fans from around the world in one place. Right. Um, they recently announced that they are going to be serving liquor, which uh, and beer, which was a big bonus for many uh, sports fans out yeah. there who were like worried about that's not a big part of their culture. So uh-huh. um, they're going to allow it in certain areas. So you can just imagine now the fans are going to go to these areas, get hammered, go to the games, not drink, and then go back there and get hammered <laughs> right. after. I mean, what could go wrong?
2: <laughs> no, honestly, though, it, it's really cool when it is like a smaller country, and then you. for the fans going there get to experience kind of their culture and the way that they do certain things how do you feel the U.S. team will benefit we talked about the temperature Mm -hmm. but they are going to you know help out with the fields the the climate control but do you think the U.S. will will benefit in this kind of scenario them all being in the same city not having to to travel too much
1: yeah I think one of the edges the U.S has is that we have a uh, abundance of sports science and we spend a ton of money on support staff and things like that. So I know, and I've already seen some renderings of what their hotel is going to look like. By the way, the hotels are insane. This one is amazing. The one the US team are staying at. they've got this big beach off in the back and um, they have this whole floor that is, I mean, we will, as the United States have the youngest team of any teams at the world cup. So we were the youngest to qualify. We have a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds. Yeah. Makes me feel very old, and uh, <laughs> these guys—they've built out this whole room for them. That's like video games and Xbox and um, big screen TVs and just like things to keep them entertained. They're gonna have a, f- a full-time barber in there for these guys to look fresh, nice. cuts for the games. The and to, stage,
2: you got to. Yeah, but you
1: think about it—you're not gonna travel. Like this will be the first time you'll be in one hotel the entire tournament, and um, I think it gives the U.S. an edge because they'll be able to recover well, they'll spend all the money to make sure that these guys have everything that they can do. They'll be eating well, they'll be recovering well, they'll have you know, hydration and, and all that stuff. So I, I think it'll help them not having to go to different hotels and just go to the game, come back, go right. practice, come back. And um, yeah, you, you're gonna have to find ways not to be bored, I guess, just sitting in a hotel every day for however long you're in the tournament.
2: Yeah, but you get this one chance. And I feel like, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, is there more pressure now because we are back in the World Cup? The U.S. men's team.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one because when I played in the World Cup in 2010, that was the highlight of probably my life because I grew up wanting to be a soccer player and playing in a World Cup is kind of the pinnacle of your career. And I, I think for this younger group, it's almost like you don't want them to feel like the job is done getting back to the World Cup because we didn't qualify for the first time in you know a long time, 30 plus years, I think, since we hadn't been in the World Cup and now we're back in it. So you don't want them to just be like, Ah, we're here like we did our job but there there's sh- i think there should be big expectations on this team to get out of our group which is kind of the bare minimum that we expect and but look the, this we'll be going in with one of the best teams we've had from the clubs that these guys are playing at they're playing at some of the biggest clubs in Europe they're playing you know we have players that are worth 60 70 80 million dollars in uh transfer fees which we've never had in our past and i just hope that they use that in a good way and don't feel the pressure but i think these guys are just gonna they're, they're fearless which i love no. they, like they embrace the moment they're not gonna be scared of the moment i say that and then like the bright lights go on and you're on the world cup <laughs> no. and you're playing against england right you know we'll see how those guys react but i i, I think they'll be uh they'll, they'll have a good showing
2: what expectations do you have from them
1: i th- i expect them to get out of the group now the best team in our group is england uh we played england actually in 2010 we tied them which was a big deal for us back then we ended up winning that group that game will be on black friday here in the united states at like noon eastern and we are oh, hoping such weird time yeah us, but it's yeah. crazy right like <laughs> right. the games are gonna be all on in the morning here in 9 a.m pacific uh here in los angeles and we are at, at Fox Sports expecting that to be the highest watched soccer game ever in the history of the United States, which would be really cool. Yeah. And it actually kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about the fact that people will be listening to my voice um, calling that game. And, yeah. you know, as now a former player now as a, as a media guy, like those are, again, that's our Super Bowl. And,
2: and, and it's also that rivalry, I feel like. Yeah, there's so, our so two much history country, between you know like yeah. our countries
1: and <laughs> yeah. soccer and sports in general. And. Uh, that's I mean that's what's interesting about the U.S.'s group. We have Wales, which isn't as big of kind of a, a rival, but then England, and then the other one is like a geopolitically charged match with Iran in our last game. Uh, so like there's some history there, right. uh, tension-wise, with the U.S. and Iran, and so like that's going to be the one that will probably decide where and if we advance. But to answer your original question. I have high expectations for this team. I would be incredibly disappointed if we didn't get out of the group, if we didn't win a game, and I think that would be a failure. And And just being there is not just a success. Like We need to go there and, and compete. I, I think we're kind of at a point now as a country and a nation in, in our soccer journey that we, we can hang with some of the big boys, and uh, the game against England is the one that's going to really decide where we settle, I think.
2: Yeah. So you talked about you played in the World Cup 2010. What was the the highlight of that experience for you?
1: Yeah, it's like a 6 week period of my life that I wish I could just kind of, you know, bottle up in a time capsule and just like have it there and look at it and just yeah. feel that. It it really was like when I made the team um that you know getting your name called was cool and then it's just like this bonding, you've been a part of teams, you know, and you, right. you think of some of your best experiences as, a, as an athlete, it's when you're with a group uh, of players and teammates and you're going through the same stuff, you're working so incredibly hard, like the fitness camps and the, the lead up to the actual games like when you get to the games you've you've done all your work before that and now you like can enjoy it before that you're you know you're um weightlifting and you're training and you're recovering and it's just like this big blur but in those moments you have to find you find ways to bond and yeah that that though from that team probably still 10 of the closest friends i have in my life we have group chats that just fire off at all times of the day and yeah Yeah, and like 12 years later and, and i have that jersey hung up in in my house and it's one that you know, I can forever say I have played in a World Cup, which is, you know, again, it's it was a lifelong dream for me. And it, like when you're on that stage and you recognize that you're representing your country in front of, you know, millions and millions of people and like you're wearing that flag. And I, I always used to close my eyes during the anthem when the anthem was playing and like, you know, had that moment of clarity and focus. And yeah. you just kind of stand there and you that was I opened my eyes. I thought, oh, like, I'm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a world cup right now this yeah. is pretty damn cool
2: so olympics world cup you were in both yeah which was a better experience um because they're they're similar yeah in w- a way world cup were... for
1: soccer but you know what's interesting like american sports fans i find or uh, when i come across people and i would say oh you know i played in a World Cup and people say, "Oh, that's cool." And I said, "Yeah." And, and the Olympics and they're, you played in the, the Olympics? Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And I was like, "No, but the World Cup is bigger for us." Yeah. But like the Olympics was really cool because the the I mean the basketball guys were always the stars of any Olympic. Uh, and that year it was LeBron, it was Kobe, it was uh, Jason Kidd and um, I'm I, I, all the guys are just like celebrities, even within the US team, which, you know, like volleyball, that's their big deal, and track and field, and like, even as soccer fans were all like, hey, can we get close to LeBron in the picture? And like, <laughs> yeah. can I get, I have one picture with LeBron, and he had his eyes closed, and oh, I was like, come man. on, man, like. um, it, But it was, it was really cool to be a part of that experience because you feel, again, like you're with athletes from different sports, but then when you're standing there and you're walking out into, Uh, The one I was in was in Beijing in 2008 and you walked out into that Bird's Nest stadium and I remember walking out and all the athletes are chanting like USA, USA. That's so cool. Yeah, it was like, again, just Because it's like
2: collectively, obviously FIFA, the the World Cup is biggest for for soccer in itself, but like you're almost like- you guys are superheroes teaming up with these different sports yeah that's a good way of putting it like you're like (laughs) the
1: avengers coming together from all different like sports and you look around at all the other countries you're walking past and you're like we're gonna kick your we're gonna kick your
2: yeah wait which avenger is soccer
1: oh i mean captain america right is that like (laughs) 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 i don't know all of them to be honest (laughs) so i'm gonna go with the one i know
2: (laughs) so we we talked about it a little bit before you sat down but soccer globally is the most popular sport in the world. Why do you think that it's struggled in the US and and hasn't, you know, hit its peak here?
1: Yeah, it's a really uh it's a really good question. And I you know, I always get asked like do you do I think soccer will be the most popular sport in the US at any point? And I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime like while I'm alive. I do think that maybe long long term potentially, but football is just like built into the culture here. And, you know, like the first thing you do on a Sunday morning, people flip on the TV and they're watching the NFL. Um, Basketball is huge here. Kids growing up, everywhere you go, you're going to drive past a basketball court and it's at every single school. Around the world, that's all soccer fields, and soccer just wasn't a big sport here. I think it was, and still is, to be honest. It's a, an upper class sport in in most parts. We don't have enough mm-hmm. access to the game for uh, you know inner city neighborhoods. There's not like, as I said, not parks where just like soccer is readily available and kids can go out and play. It, it's all like you have to be on a team and you have to yeah. pay money and you have to travel if you want to reach that like top level. I, I don't think there's an a good enough entry level for people just to like, get involved and get the right coaching and get the, and I find that with a lot of people. Did you ever play soccer growing up at all? No?
2: No, that was one sport I didn't.
1: Yeah. Which is and, weird. And like, why? I, just had like basketball was so... I don't know.
2: I was I was a gymnast first, then I wanted to try other sports, and then uh, played basketball, played softball, and ran track. And yeah. I don't know if it was just something when I was 10, my parents didn't put me in it, or my cousins did. Mm-hmm. M- my male cousins, male cousins did. I was yeah. going to ask
1: if it was female, because actually female, I it's the number one youth sport. And so is yeah. soccer, actually, up, uh, on men's side, until like 10 to 12. And then, weirdly, people just go the other way. And I think it makes sense in that like, if you're not doing it full time, if you're not getting good coaching and you're not good at it, you don't enjoy it the same, right? And then like your friends are doing other things. And so I think a lot of people that I've met from you know that are probably same age to me i'm i'm 37 like in that age or a little bit older they they played soccer at some point at rec because it was like the first thing that their parents signed them up for and then they're like i don't love just chasing the ball around and touching it five times and then i'm i'm away a lot of the american sports are like basketball, high scoring uh there's plenty of breaks uh we have ways of like entertaining you know you've got the the all the stuff going on between like soccer is 45 minutes and if you watch it around the world it's like religion for 45 minutes you don't get up from your seat you sit there you watch the game there's not other stuff going around like the show is the game whereas i think they there's also like uh, an admiration for the way we do American sports overseas and that like you go to a football game, you're constantly entertained. Like there's a third down, people are cha- standing up going nuts and then there's like t-shirt cannons and then, right. you know, there's like people running on the field, there's cheerleaders. Like right. we, we make it like, like, like-
2: cannons going off all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. The mascot, like the 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 pit bulls running across the field. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, like we do that really animals. well here. There's
2: this <laughs> and that, yeah.
1: My, my, I have a six-year-old daughter. She went to her first basketball game uh, recently in Brook. Brooklyn and she was like dialed in for the whole time watching everything going on on the court in the that's meantime cool. and at a soccer game I'm like watch the game and she's just like that's boring it's like no don't say that driving a dagger in my heart going
2: back to what you said though about how it's like an upper class sport it's that's kind of hard for me to understand because it is a sport where you kind of just need a ball And some shoes and like somewhere to kick the ball like you don't even necessarily like you it's it's preferable to play on grass but you could kick a ball around anywhere and i don't mean to like put it down into the simplest terms but with basketball you could dribble but you need a hoop you need Mm -hmm. to find a hoop somewhere so even that has like more equipment than like for kids who just want to go out and play something you know what i mean you just toss a ball around if you're playing baseball but then again you need a mitt but I think culturally it makes sense but it doesn't make sense to me as to why it wouldn't be accessible to kind of all families because the amount of equipment and stuff that you need is yeah. is minimal no
1: it's a really good point I, I was born in Scotland I moved to the US when I was 10 and like my best memories as a kid were like we took our t-shirts off and we threw them down and you have a goal just by like two t-shirts there is one yeah, goal exactly. two t-shirts down the other side's yeah. another goal and you played and um, I, I mean it in the sense, like I think in the US, we don't have the culture here in the US where kids are playing, like if there's a basketball court that's open, and then there's some space to play soccer, or there's like football, yeah. soccer is still kind of the last sport that, that people will play, yeah. unless you go to like very international heavy cities, like if you go to New York, you're gonna see kids playing soccer, mm-hmm. here you see kids playing soccer. Um, I would say generally outside of that, it's not as big of a, but it, it's a massively growing sport here. Like the the amount of, you went to an Austin FC game recently, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I grew up in Texas. I didn't think you'd see that in Austin, Texas. No. And now we have a pro team in Dallas uh, in at the top level, uh, Dallas, MLL, um, Houston, Austin, there's a second division team in San Antonio. So like Texas is a hotbed for soccer too. And it's it's kind of... We're working our way into that conversation with like the top four sports in this yeah. country.
2: I want to dive more in, into that and also get your take on, on the women's side because they've also been killing it. But first I would like to take a halftime break if you're cool with I'm that. In.
1: Yeah, I'm sweating.
2: This shouldn't be too difficult for you, but I have a fun little game. Um, I have a list of athletes of other sports that I'd like you to place on the soccer field oh, and yeah. kind of give this. them the position, okay? Yep. All right, we're in football season, NFL season. Tom Brady yeah Tom Brady so like Tom Brady
1: he needs to, I mean quarterback legend I, I need a guy like that on the ball at all times and just okay. kind of he's going to play the position I played center midfield like let's get him in the middle where he can just quarterback and set everything up for everybody else and like be the star of the show that's he's I mean he's it. he's a star he's a born he's star. A like, star he's got to be in
2: there <laughs> okay next up LeBron James
1: So I've seen LeBron play soccer, like I've seen clips of him playing soccer and try to dribble and juggle the ball. You know, his his ball skills I would say are are lacking a little bit with the feet. (laughs) I, I think he would be a good defender. Like we, we could stick him as a, what we call center back, like a middle defender as part of the back. And okay. there's a lot of like aerial balls that he'd have to deal with. So he could just go up and head them and oh, crush yeah. dudes. And yeah, he's like big physical guy. Yeah, we'll play him at the back. So yeah, like Tom that. Brady's in front of him and he knows he's got LeBron behind him just to clean up the mess. So.
2: Amazing. <laughs> okay, next up, Usain Bolt.
1: Okay, Usain Bolt, also a soccer uh, soccer player, soccer fan. I feel
2: like he he supports Manchester United.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he was at the Olympics in uh, in two thousand eight, and he with his speed, like we got to have him out wide. He needs to be like a right winger, and when the other team's trying to defend us, we will just dump the ball like in behind, and he just can beat everybody to it and sprint and get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: love it. We're going into the combat sports world. Conor McGregor.
1: Conor McGregor, yeah, he's just like a, like a, a, bull. Um, I probably want to play him as like a defender, also like a an outside defender, where he's going to be matched up against like really quick, tricky guys, and he could, you know, tackle them. and if he needs to, be just get him in a headlock and choke him out. If the, if the, or we can find their best player and just be like, hey, go get a red card, <laughs> like go one-on-one. choke yeah. that guy out real right. quick and get him off the field.
2: Is there a lot of smack talk in soccer?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I used to love the the smack talk part. Yeah, and I also used to like hate playing against guys that talk so much trash Because if they were winning, you know, you just hear it from them all the time But yeah, like all the time and when we have corner kicks when the balls on the side and everybody's kind of setting up for a set play there's like, you know pinching and uh, Hitting each other in you know little places a bit of gamesmanship. Yeah.
2: Oh interesting. I don't know if I would expect a lot of smack talk and talk for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. because I feel like you guys are just constantly... Just think we're like all nice move. guys and we're no, on no the... No, floor. no, no. Not, <laughs> not that not. that that has into play, but there's just like too much motion going on that yeah. you don't have...
1: But there's enough moments where like the ball's out for a throw-in and okay. you're right in a guy's face. And yeah, we... Yeah. But we're kind of... I think we take a bag wrap for diving and rolling around.
2: Yeah, you guys created the flop.
1: Yeah, we did create the flop. But now like the NFL's embraced it. NBA is as bad I mean, as anybody. No,
2: any, NBA's oh going my NBA is crazy gosh. with the flop. I see guys
1: get like take a little flick to the face and they're on the floor trying to get a guy ejected. Hey
2: learn from the best. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, <just> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, Cooper Cup. Uh
1: Cooper Cup, so I love watching that guy play. He's unbelievable. Um and such a good athlete. So I think Cooper Cup, we could play as a forward because he just knows how to find the end zone. I, I would imagine as a soccer player, he'd be a guy that would just always find the ball at his feet around the goal. So let's play him as a striker.
2: Cool. All right, we got two more. Going baseball, Mookie Betts.
1: Ooh, Mookie Betts. Um, I'm not
2: sure if I could picture him playing
1: soccer yeah I don't know like maybe a goalie he's good with his hands but yeah. he's smaller he's right? smaller Isn't so yeah that's right like yeah he, what was was Mookie Betts an outfielder or a shortstop Am I? he's
2: outfield outfield yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: let's get him uh, let's play him in center mid Pretty we'll fast, play him we'll play but. him next to Tom Brady so like we kind of pair like the height and because Tom's not like Great with his feet. You've seen him try to scramble sometimes, (laughs) and it's like, oh boy, Tom, just stay in the pocket and throw it. Okay. Uh, So we'll put Moogie Betts center midfield, too.
2: And I got a good one for you last up Shaq.
1: Smile on your face. Yeah. Uh, Goalie. We got to put Shaq. I've actually taken a penalty kick on Shaq. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. I worked for
1: uh, TNT for a couple years. They had soccer, and we did a show. uh, We were on Inside NBA promoting the show, and so they put Shaq in a goal and they were like see if you can score a penalty uh on him and so i just ripped it at him (laughs) (laughs) oh the other thing was then he had made me shoot a jump shot and i played basketball in high school i was a point guard like a little wiry i couldn't shoot very well but i could hustle i would play defense so they had me shoot a shot and i had a blazer on I should have, it was a rookie mistake. I should have taken the blazer off. I oh, wear tight could,
2: You couldn't even follow I wear tight blazer. clothes
1: and I had a tight blazer on and I airballed it, it is uh not one of my okay. prouder moments.
2: Okay, yeah. so we'll find the shot on we goal. But the, we'll cut, cut that. Cut that, please don't. Put that <laughs> oh, yeah. on no worries. <laughs> All right, time for the second half.
0: Alright people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself, you bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app. Become a Caesars Rewards member today and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Our
2: U.S. Women's team phenomenal. Yep. Why do you think that they have been able to kind of get to this? How, they have four World Cups now. Mm-hmm. Four stars. Yeah olympic gold medals
1: yeah we are really really good on the women's side i i think what's
2: elevated the women's game in your opinion
1: well the 99 world cup here in the united states was i think that huge huge moment for women's soccer for for girls uh in this country that were like grew up watching that you you get very inspired by those those moments and because of 99 and winning that world cup and the amount that that kind of created some momentum in this country and the love for soccer. It also gave some investment into women's soccer. Now far less than the men's side and that's finally catching up. And uh, I I don't know if you saw that the women got equal pay deal they Mm -hmm. recently just signed, uh, which is a huge deal and well-deserved for the women because they should be paid uh, as well as the men for you know what they've been able to do. and then you know we as a nation I think are better because we have more participation than any country in the world. as I said we talked about earlier, it's like the sport that girls play. My daughter's playing soccer now like you we have way more females that play soccer than other countries and I think we had this big head start. We invested so much money, people played it all the time. We had college soccer is a big part of our culture here. Now the interesting part is that people are starting to catch us up now. And we just won the last World Cup, which is a big one. But I think this next World Cup, the Women's World Cup, is in Australia, New Zealand next year. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a, a difficult one for them to win because now Spain are good, Germany are good, England yeah. are good. And european countries have seen what soccer has done here and they are now investing money and now they have some really good teams and these yeah. countries are starting to catch us a little bit so we're like we got to stay ahead of them <laughs> and make sure that we yeah, keep yeah. like we're america we're the best
2: right. we have the target on our back yeah, now exactly it's one of those things you know how nobody had ran a four minute mile mm-hmm. but then when someone did rent run a four minute mile then multiple people ran a four minute mile it's like you yeah. kind of had to see it happen to believe it yeah. in a way, yeah, it's very true. And yeah. so, you know, the the girls doing what they did back in the '90s, and then that being kind of that representation on, oh, like we can really do this. Do you think that that's something? If if the men have a good performance in this year's World Cup. Totally, you know, and with social media now too, honestly, like there's there's a lot more moments for the the viral clips, the TikToks, the YouTube, mm-hmm. the the Twitter for like that Gen Z generation who lives on the internet, <laughs> and you know, like like your yeah. kids who will be growing up, you know, into yeah. that, you know, maybe that even shows the kids here more like, Hey, this is something I could aspire to do. Soccer is a cool sport, or at least look at what they're doing. It yeah. looks pretty dope. Well, and I want to do be, that. Yeah. Right. I want to be, a part well, of I,
1: I saw that firsthand with my daughter who's now six and a half when the last women's world cup was 2019. She was, I think three. And as a former soccer player, um, I don't want to pressure my daughter to play soccer, but she's going to play soccer. Like it's one of those, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you have a choice, but you don't. Yeah. And I tried desperately to get her to like love it. And you know, it was like, she was into pink. So I bought all the pink jerseys that I could find. And then <laughs> I, you know, anything to make her like get an attachment. So first she started to see that, but she was always watching men's soccer. Cause a lot of times that's what I would have on. Cause it's part of my job. Yeah. When the women were playing in the world cup in 2019, it was on the TV every day she got so into it because she was watching girls play soccer and she loved how like Alex Morgan had the pink uh, head wrap and like this girl had a sweet ponytail and you know, like things like that. It's like if you see people that look like you doing something, you know that you can do it and then you might wanna do it yourself. And I I think that I saw that firsthand in that experience. And then I think about now, you know, for, for kids that, there a lot of this national team now. I, I we interview these guys all the time, and I ask them, "What's your first ever memory of a World Cup?" And a lot of them are like younger, so they don't remember me in 2010, which is really sad. But
2: <laughs> like, Wait, who but we're it'll be again? watching
1: <laughs> the U.S. in a World Cup. Like, it'll have been yeah. going to a bar and you know wearing a U.S. shirt and watching the U.S. team play. And now they're going to have that experience. So who is the next generation of kids that's like, I'm going to wake up at. 6 a.m. Eastern and I'm going to watch, you know, a World Cup match. And like, that's going to be the memory that I hold on to and say, hey, that's what I want to do in my life. Or, right. you know, I want to hope to have that opportunity. And also now soccer is finally getting to the port where these guys are driving around Ferraris and Lamborghinis yeah. and like, it looks like they're making real money. Like it wasn't a glamorous sport. Uh, when my, my first year as a pro, I made $30,000 for the year. And wow. that's before taxes. And like it yeah. was, you know, like there were guys on my team that were making twelve, twelve thousand $12,000 for the whole year. Like wow. they were working part-time jobs to be able to play a professional sport and like walk around and people say, oh, you're a pro athlete. And the guy's like, yeah, let me just hop in my like Honda Accord real quick and go to my part-time job coaching kids on the side so I can go to practice tomorrow. Wow.
2: Yeah, because you don't think of that because then you see the the NBA players and NFL players making millions at the time. Yeah. And you're, you know. Yeah, so think like you imagine you you were
1: a kid though and like which sport would you want to play? The guys that are driving the fancy cars or the guy that's like, you know, got two jobs and running around a soccer field for 90 minutes.
2: <laughs> I think what draws me into sports even more too is like the personalities of the different athletes and the way that they're able to express themselves even more now because of social media, mm-hmm. because of the new media. And you know, some athletes are making their own shows and podcasts or like have a ton of followers Yeah, how do you feel TikTok? about that? I- I'm curious. Um, I say go. I think it's cool. I say go because for there was it. a big
1: controversy about Draymond Green, right? Like during the NBA Finals, and Draymond has his podcast, and he was talking. And but, I, I'm with you, by the yeah. As a member of the media, I can't argue the other way because I love access, and I, I think that it's great that people want to show personality.
2: Yeah. Who is the GO of soccer? Yeah, or we, you.
1: I mean, it could be Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. I think is kind of the, the the four that people will go between. But I, I think Messi. Yeah, I mean, he's just like this little magician and he's just so unassuming but just so brilliant and uh, you know, he 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 glides around the field with balance and poise and this incredibly humble guy off the field and just carries the amount of pressure that he does at all times and yeah. I would love nothing more. This is probably going to be <clears throat> Messi's last World Cup and uh, this winter. Messi's last World Cup and Ronaldo's and Messi has never won a World Cup. He's been in a final and lost. And I just think like it could be his year. And if he lifts that World Cup, like just crown him the goat, like unanimously. There's, <laughs> yeah. no, there's not even a debate at that point.
0: Okay,
2: well, we'll be on the lookout for that. One last thing on World Cup. What five teams should we have our eyes on?
1: Well, number one is the U.S. If you're, because I would imagine the majority of your audience is American, so we're going to watch America. We're going to root like hell for America. The guys you need to look out for: Christian Pulisic is our big star. Weston McKenney is another really exciting uh, player that plays in Europe, and then Eunice uh, Musa is like my favorite. This 19-year-old kid, and he is just the biggest baller. So that's your U.S. like quick, quick hitters. Argentina, because it's going to be Messi's last World Cup. They have a really good team and a good chance to win. Brazil, the the most World Cups by any nation is Brazil. They have a good chance to win another World Cup. I mean, every single year they go as, as one of the favorites. Um, let me see, what are the other fascinating ones? It's always interesting to watch the host nation. Qatar, it's going to be their first ever time in a World Cup, and that's because they're the hosts. And they have, over the past uh, eight years since they got it, they've had this, like, Development Academy and they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars into this facility and they bring the whole team together. So these guys like eat together, sleep together, train together, and they play for different teams and then they all come and recover together in one place. And they've been on this like program to be oh, competitive. They've yeah. traveled the world. Uh, they played here recently in the US. So There's like pressure on them, even though they're not that good.
2: Field advantage just for that reason in itself. Exactly,
1: like they'll probably be practicing in all these stadiums to try and have some type of edge, and so they'll be kicking off the World Cup. Um, And then what's my last one that uh, I'm going to pick here? I'm going to go with Spain because Spain, Spain were one of the favorites going into basically everyone. The last World Cup they went as one of the favorites and they fired their coach, or he left the day before the match because he signed oh, with another wow. team yeah. and then they like flamed out and had a terrible tournament. But oh, I think they wild. could be a, a sneaky team for this one. Cool. So there's your five.
2: Yeah, so Spain, Brazil, Argentina, Argentina US and, and Qatar. Qatar.
1: Yeah, that's like cool. storylines. We're going to spread you around. Hey, We're going to suck you in in November and December. No, i going to
2: tune in Black Friday, noon.
1: First game is November 21st. Okay. Black Friday at noon Eastern, and then uh, the last game is the 29th, I think, against Iran. Not our last game. It's going to be, we're going to get through past the third game. And-
2: we have to. You called it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're reaching the end of the game. We love to do some buzzer beaters on Courtside Club. Okay. So break down your ideal food and drink combo while sitting courtside or fieldside.
1: Ooh. I don't know about you. I don't get many opportunities to go to sporting events and just be like a pure fan these days. And so when I do, I love it and I go all out. I'm like straight in on a beer and then straight after that on the nachos, crush some nachos, go back for a beer to wash down the nachos. And then at that point, I'm probably on like a hot dog. And then I, I might have my kid with me. So, you know, I'll get the cotton candy and the like the. $14, uh, Mike and Ikes or whatever they, they charge now (laughs) and I'll go back and get my other $25 beer. And so I'm in all in at the end of the game for about $250, uh, (laughs) but I, I do like my drink is tequila. I love, uh, just like a nice tequila. So maybe that'd be my nightcap at the end of, uh, like that's where baseball, I think is a, I'm not a baseball fan, but I love going to like baseball live because it's just so slow and you can go up to the stands and get refreshments and beverages and come back down so yeah. th- I think that's how I'd rock it cool yeah
2: all right so one person dead or alive who you'd love to sit courtside or field side with
1: oh I'm gonna go soccer okay and I would probably watch the team that I grew up supporting which was Manchester United and oddly enough the stadium in which I ended my career with an injury <laughs> so it's like really sad in full <laughs> circle <laughs> <laughs> um, and it have to be an athlete or anybody.
2: Anybody. I would
1: say my dad. My dad passed away when I was uh, 20. So I just started my professional career. He got to see me play, but not in the World Cup or any of that. And like a a guy that was just so influential in my life and my career. And um, I I think I would love nothing more after the fact now, like to be able to sit there and like just sit and just watch a game with him and soak it all in and say, Hey dad, I did that. You know, yeah, that, that would and be grab a, a $25 yeah,
2: beer with $25 him. <laughs> beer. I buy him
1: all the $25 beers, beers he wanted.
2: And last but not least, what is one event in history? It could be a sporting event or otherwise that you would have loved to have been courtside for. Ooh.
1: Um.
2: I stump a lot of people with yeah, this one.
1: Cause there's so many, <laughs> like there's just so many good ones. It would be the world cup and because that's just. I, I would love to have been in the stadium when. Um, well, and it was cool. I got to big experience a World Cup like four years ago in Cologne, which was the, the the game France played, but. I think I would probably go back to like I grew up in Scotland and I know it's like the United Kingdom when England won the World Cup in yeah. 66 I think like being in the stadium for that would have been pretty cool and like because my dad was English so I know what that like that would have been like for him Yeah. but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do that I'll go so with the 66? World Cup 1966 yeah playing with like a brown leather ball back there that right. would probably weighed like 15 pounds and you break your toe trying to kick, <laughs> trying to kick <laughs> it's it like, out probably
2: like more like slick too yeah. right yeah, yeah. And it's sliding like, off your boot in the like right.
1: the, the pouring rain in england interesting yeah I, 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 this is probably not like the best answer i think i could have gotten a better one but uh, that's the one that popped in my head sounds good to me yeah
2: <laughs> um Stu, thank you so much for coming on the courtside club schooling us in some soccer yeah where can all of our fans find you what should we be on the lookout for um
1: at Stu holden i think on just about all of them uh instagram twitter uh Facebook and TikTok now. I'm now TikToking. Nice. Uh, okay. I'm I'm starting to branch out a little bit. Nice.
2: You know what you should do? Can you still like juggle and do yeah. the things? Do that on TikTok. With like
1: trending, yeah, like the Seriously. trending audio and all yeah. that, right? My, my most viewed TikTok videos, my daughter slapping me in the face for the tortilla challenge. So, <laughs> like, I have, you know, I guess you got to <laughs> so do good. all things like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I'm not like the dance in the, you know, into the, yeah, the no, camera guy that totally either. doesn't fit yeah. my vibe. But, like, that's what I've learned. You can do kind of just whatever. Yeah. And, and, and if it takes off, it takes off. If not, uh, not. Yeah,
2: I feel like you should figure out some trending thing but do it like I do dribble to the beat with a basketball, right?
1: Oh, I've seen some people do that with soccer where they like start slow. Yeah. And then, and then the then beat dribble. gets faster and you you do it. I like. could
2: never I'm terrible with my feet. <laughs> it's like I need hand games, you know what I mean? But yeah, you should okay. do that. That'd I'm be dope. That. All Perfect. right.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks I for having me on. It.